0: Good morning, good morning, happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy, the Mad Prince himself. Abe, I'm here with another new episode of Full Court Press with the usual suspects, Sean Lowry, Jabari. Appreciate you, gentlemen, for being on today. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Can't complain. Same, bro. Great. I can't complain. All right, love that. I can already tell you now that the audio for this episode is about to be a lot better. My audio files looks great. It was way too low. I had to raise it up. I do apologize to listeners. We will get better. You know, it's been a while since I've gotten back into the podcasting thing. Um, So, gentlemen, opening week has concluded for the NBA. For most teams at the time of this recording, we usually record on a Sunday, drop on Tuesday, right? At the time of this recording, most teams have already played their, about half the league has played about their third game so far. Um, By the time you hear this episode, everyone would have had probably three to four games under their belt. Small sample size, of course, we have a long season to go. However, we have seen a lot of things we like and don't like. And so gentlemen, we're going to get into it. Last week in episode one of this new season of Full Court Press, we each gave Three things, teams or players that we were looking forward to during this season. They had a chance to put on a show for us so far. So Sean, if you recall last week you offered up Cleveland and uh how Cleveland would look. Cleveland has played some games. What are your thoughts so far on your Cleveland pick and how they've come out to show this, show you this season?
1: Um, yeah, like like you say, I, I picked them to make the playoffs this year. Um it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, Mitchell's doing what I expected him to do, score. Um, my biggest concern honestly is is I know they have a Lavert starting and I would actually if I if I was coach, I would actually think about starting um Isaac uh, what's his name, Accord. court. Um, probably butcher his name, my fault. But um, just because he's a, he's a defensive president. I'm going to correct you because he's, he's you know, he's african Okoro? He's Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go Isaac ahead. Okoro. Okoro. Well, I can't, look, I can't roll my tongue and all that. So.
0: Okoro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, look. I just need you to put some respect on the Nigerian. You know, them Nigerian players are coming out.
1: Look, they, them African
0: bl- players are look. coming out and showing the league what's up.
1: They're showing y'all what's I'm, up. I'm 42% Nigerian. Okay, so... I, I, I understand that. I forgot. I okay. So, um, but, no, nah, but, uh, was it, Levert is shooting, like, pff, I think, like, 32% from the field, right? So, he's not offering anything offensively and for sure nothing on defense. So, um, especially when you have a smaller backcourt, even though Garland is hurt right now, Um, hopefully he's back soon. I, it's nothing serious. I know, I think, some with his eye, I can't remember the exact details, but. Um, it's, it's no structure damage or nothing like that, which is great. Um, but regardless, when he comes back, right, the the backcourt's going to be smaller, so they need that defensive. They they need the front to be pretty good defensively, and uh, scoring I don't think will be a problem. So they got to they got to fix that up. But I still feel pretty good about them making the playoffs. Um, I I love their coach, so I think overall they'll, they'll be good as far as that goes. Speaking of Jalen Green, right? yeah, I mean, um, obviously he's a scorer. You know, of course, um, and again, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag, too. They are a young team, but I loved what I saw against what team? Oh, Memphis, actually, against Memphis. Um, he looked really, really good. Um, I want to say he had like 33 points, shot four four out of five threes. Um, honestly, it's just one of those things where he he's unselfish, which is a great thing, but he just has to do a better job of understanding when to take over because he is their best player offensively um but so far I love what I've been seeing from him he's definitely gained weight which helps him actually be at a finish um to the basket way more because there there'll be times he would get to the basket but he just want to be at a finish so I'm definitely uh happy about that um as well man and and basically the I guess my biggest surprise honestly so far is just seeing how Utah looks um because I thought Utah was going to be terrible but when you really look at the roster, right, is a bunch of scrappy players. Is a bunch of players that have something to prove. Is a bunch of players that you know that basically that they, they're pretty decent players. They just haven't had the opportunity. So Miami get to the point where if Utah really wants to tank, which most teams are are trying to do that that don't have uh that aren't real contenders, they're going to have to probably sell the whole farm, um, uh, mm-hmm. and get I mean call up the Lakers. I don't know because they need shooters badly. So. Um, yeah, so that's probably my biggest surprise and obviously the Sixers struggling like like they're doing. Um, that makes me happy though, because you know how I feel about Doc. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel it, I feel it. Uh Bari, we you had spoken on one of the players I've been super, super high on. Not only because of his time at the Spurs, but he has been providing for me and fantasy like no other. That is De- Juante Murray. And the Hawks. How what what has been your takeaway so far from what the Hawks have shown you this early in the season? So with
2: Atlanta, in my opinion, everything's been so far so good. So we all know Atlanta's a young team and you know, despite them being 2-0 right now and, and looking good, they have a lot of things to learn. But just on the DeJounte Murray pick, in his first two games of the season, he's averaging 20 points a game. Uh, I want to say like 10 assists and maybe like seven, six rebounds. Uh, he's just coming off of a near triple-double, 29-9. and He did have seven turnovers in his second game. So, you know, it's, it's certain things to adapt to. Um... Went to be the scorer, went to be the primary playmaker between him and Trey as a backcourt, um, but they can be very dynamic, and, and we've seen glimpses of that already. So, um, I'm pleased with the pick. I'm pleased with Dejounte as a as a pick to watch out for, and and the Hawks. Like I said, they're two and zero. Um, it's not two strong teams. It's only Houston and Orlando, and their record. For the next, let's see, three games is pretty weak. You we got Charlotte and then a the back to back with Detroit. But after those three games, we got Milwaukee. So um with Atlanta, I'm, I'm it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they play the teams that are above five hundred and more sp- specifically how they play the playoff teams. But so far so good, like I said.
1: Can can I can I since you since you took my hawk pick, right? Mm-hmm. Can I uh, weigh in on, on the Hawks? Right, yeah, since you are to be a thief. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, I was going to say, man, I, I really love what I, I'm seeing from the Hawks as well. Um, and I remember there were some people questioning how it would work, which I didn't have that. I didn't have that issue because they're both playmakers. Um, people that actually watch the Spurs would know that Murray is a playmaker, but I love the fact that the Hawks is actually running a lot of pistol action, right? Where they're having a tray as the screener. So that's something that, you know, people wasn't really sure about, but I'm actually excited about that to have him play off the ball, especially with Murray again being, <clears throat> excuse me, being the playmaker that he is. Um and for those people that don't really know like okay, what is pistol action? It's basically just early offense between the point guard and the wing player most of the time. I mean, well yeah, Murray can play wing as well. Right. Um but yeah, with the basically with the post player at the top of the arc and basically, the uh, like for example, Murray would be dribbling it towards Trey, and Trey would set up a screen for Murray, who then would basically receive a a flare screen from like Capella on the weak side, and that would be to free up Trey um, for either a shot or a floater at the basket. So, just for those that's not really sure what what I mean when I say pistol uh, action, but I love the fact that they're doing that because that's something that I feel like Trey would flourish when when I talked about him. And I remember a lot of people gave me a hard time when I said, I'm not saying he's curry, but he his game is very similar, right? That's yeah. what I said when he first came out. And so the fact that they're doing that um is very encouraging because I, I felt like the blueprint for the Hawks is to try to have some type of similar uh uh build or build their team similar, I'm sorry, to um the Warriors. And so with that being said, you know, you guys can you guys can grill me. All y'all want on this, I really, I really say it now. They are one of my predictions for the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm gonna say it now, right? Look, so if I'm look, wrong, to, y'all, can, y'all can. To grill. your
2: credit, to your credit, um, you brought up just the motion that the Hawks have been using early on in in this season. And if anybody looks at Atlanta and you really go back to when they started playing well, it'll be pretty much when they got Nate McMillan back. As, as a head coach and that that directly speaks to to the plays that they're running It's like Nate McMillan has an understanding of his arsenal he knows the players that he has and in my opinion the best ways to use them so i think that was that was a, definitely a good point to make there
0: yeah and yeah. to be honest it's like you mentioned it's paying dividends um when the move was made when the trade was made i was excited because it released pressure off of trade i thought that was the obvious Obvious thing um, most people expected is not only do you get a playmaker that can relieve playmaking duties on Trey and get some of that attention off him, but you also have a better defensive guard yes. to take care of the opposing playmakers. And so far, that has been perfect to a tee. DeJuante Murray already has nine steals in two games. All right. The first game, he dropped five. And then against the Magic, he dropped four. On top of that, here's the other thing, too. The playmaking has been impeccable, but if you just want to look at the numbers, in the two games that the Hawks have played, Trey Young has 13 assists each. Murray has 11 assists in the first game, nine assists in the second game. So both of them are are feeding and feasting off of playmaking to, to the rest of the team in the sense of you now can't just focus on one player. You can't be like, oh, you know, if we get the ball out of Trey's hands and force the other team to shoot, it, it is what it is. Murray can get niggas' looks too. Murray yeah. can easily do that. And so when you have these two points, you have two guards who can get you double-digit assists on damn near any night, basically. One assist short from 10 in the second game versus the Magic. But um, I do have early concern. Uh, We know that Trey Young is a volume shooter. That's his game. So far, he's taken 22, 24 shots in the last two games, already over 40, but he's only shooting 30%. Are we concerned? He went one of nine from three against the Rockets. He went four of 11 from three against the Magic. Are we concerned? Should we be concerned about the shooting efficiency or should we just toss that up? That's just part of his game.
1: For me, I'm not necessarily concerned. One, because... I mean, it's still early, right? Like, mm-hmm. if, if we're twenty games in and it's still something, then then I'll I'll start paying more attention to it. But it's still early, and two, that is sometimes that's part of his game where he might struggle the whole game, and then in the fourth quarter he takes over, you know. Yeah. So, um, so I'm not I'm actually more worried about, um, defensively at times, especially when it comes to uh, Collins who could be lazy at times. Yeah. Um and not really give effort. Cause that I he's he's not no great defender, but just having that effort there. Um that's what probably concerns me a little bit is defensively. And I and obviously I picked them, you know, to make the conference finals and obviously that depends on matchup as well. Mm-hmm. But I think for them to be able to um get at least to that that far, I think uh, Murray. I already know Murray's gonna do his thing. I think Trey is too, but I think everyone else has to really buy in defensively, um, for that to happen. So for me, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, but again, check, I'll check in and in, in in 20, 25 games. I'll I'll definitely let you know if it's because you know me. I'm big on habits. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Habits that hasn't been corrected by then. Because to me, I've always said you can't really. Everything is kind of not with a grain of salt, but. I don't take things too too seriously until we're about twenty games in, because at that point you are who you are, mm-hmm. right? You are who you are, no matter how many missing pieces or or people that you know you traded for, whatever the case is. Twenty games is a pretty good sample size to know what your team is. So, mm-hmm. um, so if, if Trey is still struggling, twenty, you say he's like shooting what 32, thirty two, thirty, thirty percent. Thirty percent. Okay, so yeah, if that's not corrected, then like for example, when I say LeVert shooting thirty-one percent, like that's LeVert though. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, oh, like yeah. I'm I'm not expecting that to really change. And he's
0: shooting twenty-five percent from three so far.
2: He's but the thing is, like like the like what you just asked, Sean. It's 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 in Trey's play style. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's in his play style to shoot bad. But not only is he high volume, but but he's also taking difficult shots. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. And 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 the last thing I'd say is he's he's the main person the opposing defenses are scheming for, so you know like I'm not trying to give Trey excuses, but we we we're gonna expect some bad shooting performances in the regular season in the playoffs. We've seen it already, and I think we'll continue to see it. But it it shouldn't be a concern un, until it becomes like a a ten game streak of of bad shooting or you know something you know. He he can definitely be on and off. Let's just say
0: that. Yeah. And to be honest, too, I mean, if if anything, just from this small sample size, his poor shooting is clearly being masked by Murray's, you know, playmaking and Murray's efforts. Because yeah. it, you see, you see your star player shooting one for nine, seven for twenty-two, one for nine for three, seven of twenty-four from the field. You expect like, all right, it's it's likely a losing performance. You know, yeah. probably not doing so well but again the key acquisition of Murray is is, you know Sean when you say that you see them in the ECF as one of your teams I I won't be surprised if it happens I won't be surprised because I think Murray can this offense can be good enough to get there their defense has gotten a bit better and you know I jokingly said this to Brian Lewis in the group chat I said wow this may be the year where uh, John Collins doesn't have to worry about trade rumors because he is definitely flourishing offensively um, with Murray there. Right. Yeah. But like you mentioned, defensively, he's lazy. And when we get to the halfway mark, close to the trade deadline, depending on what this Hawks team looks like, if their offense is constantly clicking, but the defensive lo- is lacking, do you think we see John
1: Collins move for a defensive piece? i i mean i would have moved him last year so (laughs) well he he wanted
2: to be moved last year at at a point at a specific point and then i think that was you know they they got on the same page um collins like sean said he can be lazy at times but he also has i mean his ceilings is really high he can hit a shot he's extremely athletic despite being what six ten or you know whatever his his actual height is but like, he mm. can do a lot with, with with what he's been given. It's just, you know, can he be applied for an entire 42 minutes, 38 minutes, however long he'll be on the court? Mm. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But you give up Collins for a defensive piece that's a four, and then you have a defensive piece at the five. Like, what's your team going to look like? Like, you know, you don't want to become too predictable also, so. I think it's yeah. in their best interest to 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 try and at least make this team work, especially see, considering that they're they're extremely young too.
1: Yeah, they are. They definitely are. And to and to um your credit, as far as the shooting woes, or or to all of our credit, like him shooting, you know forty forty percent basically is what he's done so far in his career. But what I will say, I remember when my Clippers played him. This is when he was a rookie, and he shot terribly. And, you know, everybody was, like, getting on him. And I think Patrick Beverly spoke on it. He was, like, they asked him, like, all oh, this team's young. You know, why why were you guys so aggressive? He was, like, man, even though Trey Young, you know, I forgot what he shot. He shot something terrible. But he was, like, we literally schemed for Trey Young. Like, that's what we schemed for. Um, and they had different players. I forgot who they had at the time. But basically, since he came in the league, you know what I mean, everyone knows, like, hey, don't let this dude get off. So, mm-hmm. to Jabari's credit, like, they're constantly scheming. Uh uh like basic game planning for Trey Young, just because we know like if he's hot, he's hot, I mean the Nick fans know,
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, wow, yeah, they do, they do, but yeah no i I totally agree, and like you, like we've we all in agreement for sure, Murray to Atlanta is probably one of the best things that could have happened to this team Could happened to Trey Young, yeah, um, we'll see how uh they get things going, um, and we'll definitely be checking back in. After you know about twenty games, uh, to see if the habits are established and if they're good habits or if they're poor habits, because that will determine what they do the trade deadline, and that'll determine whether uh, that ECF prediction um, could could be in danger or could even be a, a smart ass pick. Um, <laughs> because I'll tell you this right now, when it comes to my ECF uh, uh, prediction, just off the first three games look Celtics are right right in there and I mentioned the Celtics All right. because All right. it allows me. It All right. allows me. No, to no, get, let me, no, let me. No, it, it makes, you makes with sense. This. Let me help. It me. makes sense. No, you don't your need to help pick, me with this. Let me talk your about pick this. Was so Paolo
2: Branchero from the Orlando Magic. It was. And, it was. And let's, and... and let's talk about
0: how he went. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we will. We gladly will. And so <laughs> I will start off with his most recent game, which was game his third game of the season, which was against the Celtics. The reason I want to bring it up, um, this game against the Celtics, is because. The Magic, at the time of this recording, are 0-3. Um, there are a few teams who are 0-3. Yet, I want to give uh, Orlando credit for this 0-3 start because they've lost by less than uh, double digits in two of the three games. They lost by four in their first game versus the Rockets. They lost by 10 in a contested game versus the Hawks. Murray had Murray came in clutch. With some playmaking for them to uh close out the Hawks. And then they lost by six to my Celtics. Um, Paolo has been consistent in all three games. He scored twenty or more points in all three games. Remember, this is a rookie, the uh number one overall pick. And he's been looking good. The reason I want to focus on this Celtics game is because um, while my Celtics are off to a really good start offensively, um, defensively we we have some things to clean up. The Magic played us tight. This was not a blowout by any means. This was not an easy win for the, for the Celtics. Um, the Magic are scrappy. They're not playing scared. Paolo, for sure, has, was not playing scared. At one point, uh, Tatum, had, Tatum demanded to guard Paolo late in the game. Tatum demanded to guard Paolo because Paolo was making his shots with relative ease. You know, he's not shooting any crazy efficiency. Excuse me. Um, he's he's shooting about thirty. Uh, overall, he's shooting forty percent, but the last two games, he's shooting about thirty-three percent or lower. Um, but again, he is getting his shots. He's getting his points. Twenty-seven points game one. Twenty points game two. Twenty-three points game three. This is from your rookie starting at the four. I just want to give Paolo Flowers. Um, when it comes to rookie of the year talks. A lot of people have him as rookie of year favorite, rightfully, rightfully, rightfully so, I but I, I know not you, you, I'm I'm excited to hear yours, but I know there are definitely, let me not get it twisted, I love Paolo Banchero, which with a, a lot of, you know, typical fandom of, a, of someone who's a Duke fan, right? But this class of rookies, there are other rookies that, and we can even get into them um, in a bit, but there are other rookies that have been showing out, uh, such as Benedict, uh Mithurin and Indy. Uh, Keegan Murray in Sacramento made his debut recently after coming yeah, off yeah, the COVID protocol. Had a great debut. Yeah, so there are there are definitely rookies out there who have been providing. But I just want to say that Paolo has shown me a lot in the three games so far. I'm loving his confidence. I'm loving his ability to score from almost anywhere. And you know, while he's not the most efficient shooter right now, that's gonna that's gonna come with time. Honestly, that's gonna come with time. He is clearly the number one option on this magic team. And while this magic team is 0 3, and they might end up they, they most likely will be a lottery team, I do like the effort and uh the scrappiness that I'm seeing so far because that's something you we haven't said about our Orlando team since honestly Dwight Howard was there uh to, to be honest. The magic have been good since Dwight. So um yeah, yeah, I just wanna give Paolo his flowers for that. With Paolo, he he's had, in my opinion, three pretty good games.
2: Um he's been efficient from the free throw line shooting like a little over eighty percent. Um his three his three ball hasn't been falling too well, but I'm sure that'll you know, that'll get down. Yeah. And I wanna say he's averaging maybe like thirty five, thirty six from the field or Something like that, but let's just say, just looking at him as a rookie, twenty plus all three games um, against Atlanta, twenty twelve and two, Boston twenty three five and three, Detroit twenty seven nine and five. Um, and he's putting in blocks with that. He had a uh, three blocks against Atlanta, one with one against Boston, and two against Detroit. I just yeah, like,
0: I apologize. I said I mentioned Rockets as his first game. It was the Pistons. I do apologize for that.
2: Yeah, it was the Pistons, but
0: I mean, I I think his games come in.
2: Like I, I just like the fact that he's doing a little bit of everything. He's trying mm-hmm. despite despite missing threes and you know being up and down. He's trying, so it's it's something to look forward to. Um, him and Cole Anthony and Orlando and some of the other young guys, but it's definitely going to be a lot of losing in his future, also. So.
0: <laughs> Honestly, because you are right. At least when we look at his shooting, his uh percentage from two is actually really high. He's making most of his two point attempts, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but his percentage from three is down. You know, in game one against the Pistons, he didn't attempt a three point shot at all. He went 11 of 18 from the field without attempting a three point shot. In game two, he went six of 18, but one of six from three. So five of 12 from two, one of six from three. Right. In the game against the Celtics, he went six of 19, two of seven from three. So that's uh, four of four of 12. You know, that right. second second day, third game was, you know, a bit disappointing, shooting 30%, basically. But we know that he can he can pick and sh- choose his spots for sure. It's his next three games. It's the next Cleveland and Charlotte, so. Enough time for him to continue just, uh, he, has mm-hmm. he has a green light. He has a green light. He can continue does. going
1: on. That, that's for why he, he will be, obviously, the favorite. And there's a good chance yeah. he will win rookie of the year is because he has a green light because the roster isn't that great mm-hmm. um, he'll be able and again he's he's talented he's showing why he was selected number one kudos to him for sure um but like Jabari said it's gonna be a lot of losing um and that's something I, I will be curious to watch as his career continues right because mm-hmm. at times losing can be contagious
0: yeah yeah um
1: I think that's a rare trait that Scouts and teams don't less necessarily value, um, being able to elevate your team, being able to help them win. Um, so th- I'm curious how that is because we've seen it in the past where there's been you know great young talent, and they've lost so much that when they finally go, either start you know, maybe their team starts succeeding, or maybe they go somewhere else for a new start. Like they they don't have the tangibles, you know what I mean to yeah. help them win. So. I am curious about that, but I'm I'm definitely have, happy for him, man, that He's flourishing, and uh, yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be some. It won't surprise me if he if he has like a 40 point game sometimes. And you know what? Speaking of 40 point games, we've had quite a few
0: 40 point performances this week. Um, mm-hmm. which you know, Barry, I I feel like you have to let me get this off. One of which was Jason Tatum against the Magic. He dropped forty points. He's currently averaging over thirty points per game. Um, he scored thirty plus in all three games so far this season. But, uh, but we've also had forty points from Paul George. We've had forty points from the Greek Freak. We've had forty nine points from Ja. So let's get into it. The the rest of the league, this week and opening week, what has caught your eye, gentlemen? Whether good or bad, what has caught your eye? Um, For those who listen to the Cover Zero podcast, this would be similar to the I See You segment, basically. But we're not going to call it that. Well,
2: all right. Well, when you mentioned the 40-point performance, my first thought was uh, a recent 40-point performer, which was Joel Embiid, um, mm-hmm. in a game against San Antonio. There we go, uh, yeah. yeah. Forty points, thirteen rebounds, three assists, a steal, two blocks, two turnovers. So I mean that mm-hmm. sounds like a good game, but unfortunately Philly came up, didn't come up with the with the W. Uh, they lost one fourteen to one hundred five, and James Harden had his worst game of the season. To his credit, to James Harden's credit, he he had a he had an okay first two games, a pretty good first two games, I'd say. They look and the
0: opposite of the Eagles right now.
2: <laughs> definitely the opposite of the Eagles off to a zero and three start. Um, so I'd say so far, that's, that's what strikes strikes out to me. Um, you look at the off season. Uh, I mean, according to doc, and B didn't get to ramp up his workout due to, I think a sickness or something like that. But when we look at everyone else, you, you expect a, a step up from last season. Um Harden lost what he says is a hundred pounds. We're probably closer to like, 60 or something like that 50 60
0: that Um, itself is crazy for him to him to lose 100 pounds like what
2: yeah we'd be looking at skeletor or something if he really lost like 100 whole pounds like he was big but he wasn't big enough to just drop i think i think that was just for the haters but um we were we were expecting a, a philly team that i guess you could say is like revitalized um with a uh, more active Harden, you have Tyrese Maxey. Um, you still have Tobias Harris, who, you know, he started the year off pretty much as Tobias Harris. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been, you know, too bad, but uh, it it just doesn't seem like things are clicking. And Doc mm-hmm. in the offseason, he stressed uh he stressed uh that they would be as good as the connection between Harden and Embiid is. And that connection so far hasn't been I want to I don't want to say it's been bad, but it hasn't been it hasn't been what it needs to be. Because when you look at Philly and you look at the other Eastern Conference contenders, Philly's one of the few teams that that doesn't have much two way players. You look at that roster up and down, it's not a lot of two way players. It's it's a lot of offense and and Embiid. <laughs> Embiid's pretty much your two way superstar. Mm. Um. So for them to be successful, everything else needs to quit because you're not going to expect them to be a defensive powerhouse. And, you know, I don't want to overreact, but through three games this season, they, they haven't been good. And one thing to their credit is two out of those three games have been against pretty good teams in Boston and Milwaukee. So um, like I said, it, it, you know, it, it hasn't been like they lost the three bad teams, but at the same time, these are teams they they're expecting to beat in the playoffs, and then a the third team, San Antonio. I mean, Greg Popovich himself said, "Don't bet on us this year." So to <laughs> lose to a team to lose to a team like that is just I don't know. Like that that's that's what struck out to me. That's what's glaring to me so far is is Philadelphia. I expected them to start out a lot better than they have.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I I it's one of those things like you said. They don't have necessary. A bunch of two-way players or anything like that but i'm not gonna excuse that because on paper they are a very talented team right and there's no reason why they have never made it since doc been there they never made it to the eastern conference finals
2: mm-hmm. right
1: um the one time they they could have obviously uh doc wasn't there though um Kawhi. When, when Kawhi, yeah Kawhi mm-hmm. made the shot but there's no reason why this team, like just like any contender, we we say with the Nets, we say you know Clippers, uh, well Suns made it, but you know Suns all of Memphis, all Memphis, all them, well we'll say hey this is this is where they should be at. So going down the second round, first round isn't good enough for this team, um, at all. And James Harden to me, um, is one of those things like I I it almost felt like like okay this is the revenge tour. So I'm about to shut everyone up. You know, I took a pay cut, right, Um, to try to so- show that I'm unselfish. I want to win. So that's why they was able to get Tucker and, and different people like that. Um, But at the same time, I feel like it almost was like, I'm going to play my game and everyone else just has to get in where they fit in, right? Um, I can't remember the statistic, but he's taken, like, pff, something ridiculous, like, 200 like 60 more dribbles than Maxi, right um as a team like as a as a or some some crazy like that than Maxi, then i got some crazy amount more than he's took in like than the nba or some 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 crazy like that which basically tells you that he's just dribbling and pounding the ball like he's back in houston yeah. right and so that's the issue right there especially if doc is not going to hold him accountable and say hey we need to we need to actually go inside out Right. We need to feed MB. I know M B went went off the last game, um, or against the Spurs, but one one thing is James Harden what I think he shot like four for eighteen that game. So yeah, he was terrible. He, he was terrible. So it was kinda like, okay, I kinda have to feed by default. But also too, not not to just get on James Harden. Embiid, I know uh I think Jabari said something like he was sick or something, couldn't get conditioned, whatever the case is. But that's always been the issue in Embiid. That's the problem. Like his conditioning's always not been where it should be. Um, and I know it's been because he's been banged up at times, but there's no excuse where I think it was like the, the game was tied up or something, and I cannot remember, but some some tall Euro white dude, I don't know, literally grabbed the rebound right in front of Embiid and put it back up. Right. Embiid just looked at him like, bro, what are you doing? And I think, though, that was more so because he's not conditioned. And so, you know, Embiid, I, I'm playing pressure on exactly, Embiid.
2: That's exactly what, what the situation is, though. I think you're talk, talking about um, Jacob Poto or whatever. Yes, his name yes, his name yes, Thank Toledo. you. Thank you. And, mm-hmm. and right after that game is when Doc, you know, made the excuse for Embiid saying um, he didn't have time to get back into his, you know, the shape that he's supposed to be in because of, I don't know, some undisclosed illness or something. But, you know, like you said, it's been a trend with Embiid. so. We can't, we can't really give him that excuse.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if that's the case, as the as the coach, if that's the case, then then okay, you need to same thing that you see. You know what, what the? I mean, he's not injured, but still, do what you gotta do is best for your team. With Denver, you know, uh, what was it they sat Murray? I think it was like a back to back or something like that because you come off the injury, right? Kawhi, uh, John Wall, right? Different teams are doing that. Like, hey, at the end of the day, we want to make sure you're good. Like even when Kawhi was against the Lakers. Right, they sat him at X amount of time so he could play pretty much the whole fourth. Right, so if that's mm-hmm. the case as the coach. If he's quote unquote not conditioned, then okay, sit him down and play him the last six minutes of the fourth or whatever the case is, so he can close out the game because he is your best player. Um, but it's just a, it's just some issues that I, that I see uh, when it comes to that. Like I said, James Harden, thinking he's he's. I get it. He wants to prove people wrong, but at the same time. Don't do it um, at the cost of your team, right? And then, again, mm-hmm. Doc, because I know, because Doc was the coach for the Clippers, he loves his vets, and he loves making excuses for them. Um, so it's just one of those things. I, 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 I'm I, not going to make no excuses for them. They need to get it done. That's what it is. So it's very early. They still have time to, to get it done. But James Harden, you asked for this. You wanted to leave the Nets because you felt like whatever. they They don't work as hard. Whatever. I forgot when he was trying to take shots at at, at uh, Brooklyn and stuff like that. Okay, well, this is your time to show it then. Like, come, come and play, you know. And same with Joel Embiid. Hey, you got Ben Simmons gone. He's gone. He, quote, unquote, you know, was an issue as well. Doc Rivers, you can't use him as a scapegoat anymore. So y'all got to get it done. Like, that's just what it is. So – when when we talk about the
0: 76ers, you know, who are off to an 0-3 start, the opposite of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, under the influence of Doc Rivers, the one-time uh, NBA champion back in 2008, when most of the listeners here have barely hit legal age or were under legal age. When we talk about the 76ers, uh, I am hesitant to put so much blame on Harden, Um because it's you knew what you you know what you're getting with him and while last year Harden had a very non Harden s type season part of that was due to the rule changes part of that was due to just the drama of being in Brooklyn and then going to Philly and everything that entailed there but at the start of this season when are we going to talk about the 76ers and the rest of the players who have not been consistent such as you know you have you have a lot of familiarity with this player, Sean Tobias Harris. I got
2: a player to talk about if we want to hold the others accountable. And this, I don't know if this is to talk more about the player or to talk about Doc because he can't, can't the player can't exactly control how much he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. But through three games, Matisse Thybul, a player that
0: Philly mm-hmm. didn't want to
2: give up in um, the Harden Ben Simmons swap.
0: Mm-hmm. has
2: only played four minutes uh through the first two games he ranked um 345 out of 346 players and minutes played because he only put 41 seconds through the first two mm-hmm. games in game three i'm saying I'm, i want to say he played uh three minutes so average at around to four to four minutes so far he's he's their best perimeter defender at times he it seems like he He's unplayable because offensively, he's inept. He's not a good shooter. He doesn't have um, a bag at all. So it seems like Doc's decided to just not have him in the rotation early on. But this is a guy that, that played last year. Despite having offensive woes, he, he he's definitely played last year. It's it's different. It's like Doc has something else in mind as far as the rotation. We I just mentioned that Philly is not a team with two-way players, so to to not play your perimeter lockdown player even though he's not a two-way player cuz he's not, you know, offensively talented. To not play your your best perimeter guy is weird to me. You know, you you know, you to in in a way he's still a young player, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, it's not it's not like the story's over for him offensively. He can still develop. He can still get better. The corner three is the shortest three in in, in the league. You, you can definitely get him better at that just from yeah. rep- just from having more repetition in, in, in practices and in games, so um, but even,
1: even with the, I don't those, I, those, I don't yeah. know
2: if that speaks more towards his inability offensively or Doc coaching. but what Were you gonna say, Sean?
1: No, I was gonna say, but even to like to me because we we talked about they don't have two way players, right? So there's no reason why he shouldn't play when you have so many other players that are offensively talented. Right? I agree. So there's no reason why he can't. <laughs> like, hey, guard the best player, and he's going to do a pretty good job. You know, I don't know why Doc won't do that, but also know Doc doesn't really like playing young players. That's just his thing. He loves vets. Yep. That's, that's why he got vets.
0: <laughs> Doc was asked this question about uh, Stiebel, um after the game two lost to uh, the Bucks because, like Jabari mentioned, he played a total of about, what, 41 seconds in the first two games of the season 23 seconds against the Celtics 18 seconds against the Bucks and that excuse me he got 3 4 minutes against this excuse me then he got 3 to 4 minutes against the Spurs so doc was asked in an interview um about the lack of playing time for Tybe and this is what doc had to say it's just the other guys said coach doc rivers it's a pecking order right now but he's working his butt off and he'll play. He'll get a chance to earn more minutes at some point for sure. But right now, Daniel House and DeAnthony are in front of him. We're going with a smaller rotation, but he'll have a chance to earn minutes at some point. That was uh, Doc Rivers' response um,
2: I, I in an article. I expect to, to, to say it in his voice,
0: but go ahead. Uh no, no, I don't I don't know how to do that. <laughs> uh this was from an article by Yahoo, um, Sixers Wire, Yahoo Money, Sixers Wire. I I, I wanna make sure I cite, you know, I don't want anybody thinking that I'm stealing quotes out here. Mm-hmm. I, I I got this from an article from Yahoo. All right. So that's what Doc Rivers had to say. And when you listen to that explanation, it just sounds like a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like to me it's just Look, he was the guy I like to use last year, but this year there's just better players. You're spot on. It sounds like nothing. He's he's behind players that
2: aren't even that
0: newcomers. Special. Newcomers, <laughs> like, yeah, and
2: and and newcomers that aren't aren't even that special as far as the pecking order goes. Um, you talking about Daniel House
0: and who was the other player? Uh, De'Anthony Melton.
2: De'Anthony. I mean, all right. So I like Melton's game. He's a young player. I like his game, but but there's room for Melton and Daibo to coexist. So I don't even want to hear that. I so mean, so we're talking at...
1: about
2: we're talking about House pretty much. And House is yeah. an experienced player. I'm not gonna say mm-hmm. he's not an experienced player, but what you need right now on that team is is like Sean said, a, a perimeter lockdown. A, a a person to put on the best player in on the perimeter. So so for example, the Sixers are playing the Hawks. You're going up against friggin' Trey Young and Dejounte Murray, right? You want Harden and 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 Maxi on that? Nah, you want Diabolon on Trey, making it hard so that Dejounte is having um pretty much she's gonna have to be the primary ball handler. He can't be a score first player. Uh, or it's it's a lot of teams. Like you could go against Golden State. You could say that against um the Clippers, Sean's team. Like if if Philly, let's let's say the Clippers hypothetically, let's say they get to the finals, right? And Philly supposedly somehow makes it out of the East and they get to the finals.
1: That will not play a second, bro.
2: That's what I'm saying. And it's like, (laughs) like, like, how does that work out? Like it's bad habits. Doc has to start things from now. Like you can't wait until December, January, February to say, okay, we're bad defensively. So let's, let's get Matisse in there. Like it needs to start now. And. I don't know. I used to be a fan of Doc, but I don't, I
0: honestly, nowadays, I don't know what's going on through this guy's head. Honestly. So, well, from that quote, he he mentioned Daniel House, right? And we talked about, cause I had a tab open. I was getting ready to go into Chris Paul, but I'm a, I'm gonna save that for later if we have time. But I just wanted to read off some of, um, the stats of the so-called players, newcomers ahead of, um, What is it? Ahead of uh, Daibu. So we talk about Daniel House, right? Mm -hmm. Against the Celtics, he played 16 minutes. One point on zero of two shooting. One (laughs) rebound, one assist, two steals. That's what he gave in 16 minutes, right? (laughs) Against the Bucks, he paid 21 minutes. Four points, two of four shooting, three rebounds, two assists. Against the Spurs, he played 17 minutes, two points, one of two shooting, two rebounds, one assist, a block. So I'm looking at these numbers, you know, without really watching the game. So I need to, I mind you, I need to watch the game as well because the eye test is is just as, you know, He's not doing just nothing. as important as the box score, right? But I'm looking at, this, at, at the stats and, and what is House doing that is so much better than... because you know house is not a defensive stalwart
2: nothing nothing. and and as bad as Dybul can be offensively I've seen him hit NBA threes (laughs) yeah and and especially after the Harden trade I've seen Harden get him open looks because it's Harden's job to make life easier on a player like Dybul who's not great offensively and I've seen that happen from time to time I'm not saying that like he's a great player all of a sudden but but he's hit NBA threes. He's not Ben Simmons, so I don't, I don't, I'm not understanding this sitting him down thing, punishing him thing. I know he works his ass off in practice because that's how he plays when he's in the game, and in his and his limited NBA time, he's had clutch blocks and clutch steals on star players already in in what two years of time with with barely any minutes. So I don't see why he's in 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 jail. But it
1: is what it is. You telling me you can't have Harry and Maxi. Um, um Embiid, and Harris together. Like, That's they all can score besides him. So, I don't understand. I don't understand what the issue is. So, I read you Daniel House stats, right? And I'm going to read you
0: the Anthony Mountains. We'll get some last words, and then we'll move on, right? So, Mountain against the Celtics, 21 minutes, 5 points, 2 of 4 shooting, 1 steal. Against the Bucks, twenty minutes, nine points, four of seven shooting, two rebounds, one steal. Against the Spurs, sixteen minutes, zero points, zero for three shooting, three rebounds, one assist, two steals. These are the two players that you're putting up ahead of Thibault. How much? How much points are they averaging collectively? Like not collectively, so so, like, individually. Sorry. So Melton in three games is averaging four point seven points uh-huh. on forty. 40- 42 43 shooting uh-huh. house is averaging 2.3 points on 38 percent shooting. All right, now hear me out. Now, in the 2021
2: 20, 20, 2022 season, on average, Matisse averaged 5.7 a game, 2.3 rebounds a game, 1.1 assists, almost two steals, and a block. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it doesn't even say how much minutes of action here, but this is this is pretty much comparable offensive stats, and none of these guys are jumping off the stat sheet. And and on on only two three pointer attempts, he's averaging almost one one three pointer made. So like I said, he can make. He averaged average twenty five minutes last season. Twenty five minutes, right? And and his minutes are up and down because his coach is Doc Rivers. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: like none of these guys, like I said, have jumped off the. The stat sheet, or have done anything in game to say that he should be sitting, but we'll we'll check back in on Philly later on to see how this this situation develops.
0: Yeah, because it's actually kind of <laughs> kind of ridiculous. But um, so as we go in, we continue talking. Uh, I did want to bring up one of the teams that kind of sup- that I have my eye on low key uh, are the Suns only because. For Phoenix, they managed to achieve something in uh, their recent history, which was go to the finals a couple of seasons ago, right? And that is in part because of what Chris Paul was able to do as a player, as a leader. Whether you love him or you hate him, you know, not saying Chris Paul is perfect. We know that there's there's drama that comes around with him. We know that there's drama issues with him. We know Rondo don't like him. We know there's bad blood between Blake Griffin and him, or whatever. First game of the season, the Suns played the Mavericks. They were losing big. Chris Paul gets benched with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Does not play the rest of the fourth quarter. Cameron Payne is inserted. Damian Lee also finishes the game. He's in the closing lineup. And the Suns come back and beat the Mavericks. Game two, Chris Paul only puts up like two or three points. I was reading an article uh, the other day and they were saying how Chris Paul from the playoffs last year, I believe it was around the second round till now. Chris Paul is averaging like nine points a game, about seven assists per game, about four or five rebounds, something like that. Very low uncharacteristic Chris Paul numbers. Again, when we talk, basketball on this podcast at this point we understand that the sample size is super small none of the things we're talking about now do we fully expect to still carry on by the time we talk about game 40 i don't expect well i do expect the 76ers to still be low-key cheeks i don't expect them to go start off the season on 40 i do believe that they'll be in the playoffs they'll be top five maybe top six um, I won't say top three because y'all not looking like a top three team. And I'm for sure not saying that, oh, the Suns are trash. The Suns are going to lose. You know, they're they're not going to compete. They are going to compete. But Chris Paul, is Father Time catching up to Chris Paul? Are, are we about that time? You know, because Father Time is starting to rear his head in, in all sports. We look at Russell Wilson, and even though he's not that old, I'm just going to call it Father Time because I don't know what's going on with him. We look at Chris Paul, it's just mm, – He's not taking as many shots, but yo, this is not looking like the Chris
2: Paul we're used Listen, to. With CP three, I'll make it quick and I'll defer to Sean because he knows a lot more about <laughs> Chris Paul than I do. But to be fair to Chris Paul, he's thirty seven years old. Um, mm-hmm. he'll be thirty eight before this the regular season ends. Um, and you know he's he's had his fair share of injuries, but you know he's he, he's not known to be injured right now. Mm -hmm. but he he wasn't a high he wasn't he wasn't scoring a lot last year it's a big drop off for sure um Mm -hmm. last season i want to say he was averaging 14 and a half a game um points per game a little over 10 assists four rebounds and right now through these few couple games he's averaging like eight that can definitely pick up um Chris Paul is a guy that you you don't know everything that's going on with him. Like you never do un- un- until he needs you to know. So yeah, that's
0: true.
2: I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a slow start, even though he is old, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a slow start. Um, <clears throat> like I said, right now he's averaging eight, 10 and three, three rebounds per game. Um, his, he's still playing defense. Um, he's still getting a couple steals here and there. So, I don't. It's not. I don't. It's not anything to be too concerned about. Even in the loss against Portland, um, the recent loss against Portland, um, Phoenix lost one eleven to one thirteen. Yeah, he only had ten points. He only shot eleven times. Um, he only shot one three and he missed that shot. But mm-hmm. it was ten points, twelve assists, four rebounds, five steals, one turnover, in thirty six minutes. So he's pacing himself. He's the ultimate. Um, pace yourself, player. Um, <laughs> he knows hey, that the ultimate three. floor
0: general. So yeah. I mean, let's an not ultimate floor down. general.
2: He he yeah. knows it's only game two. He knows like he's he's a smart guy. So like I said, um, with CP three, I can't call it. I can't say he's washed. I can't say. Um, I mean, it depends what you're what you're expecting from him. But if you're looking at last year's CP three, Oklahoma City CP three. Then you know that's that's more realistic. People need to stop going back in time and looking for Clipper, looking for uh, Charlotte CP3. It's, he's not there. He's I mean, sorry, New Orleans CP3. He's not there. So yeah, um, what, what you got to say, Sean?
1: Um. Well, for, first let me you know show Chris Paul some love because he definitely everywhere he's he's been, he's always elevated his team. Mm-hmm. One of mm-hmm. the greatest point guards ever. Um, true point guard because. In my opinion, Curry's not a true point guard. That's for another debate. But, um, yeah, he does some amazing things, man. But, yeah, Father Time's kicking in. Father Time's kicking in. And when people, you know, that's why I loved, you know, people hated it. I loved what what Patrick Beverly said when he said he was a cone. He wasn't lying because he
0: wasn't cone. <laughs> that's the reality.
1: Dallas was picking on him. If you watch that series, that's what they was doing. So, you know, it's 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 just one of those things, man, where um he's not going to be because it's it's weird, right? Statistically, Chris Paul wouldn't necessarily be um quote unquote the best player. But I felt like he was the engine. He always was the engine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was he was like the leader of the team, no matter where he's been at, right? He wanted Blake Griffin to take over with the Clippers. But he couldn't, so he was forced to take over, right? Even when he was with the uh, what's it called, he went with the Rockets, right? Remember, Chris Paul was out and James Harden folded, right? Um, actually, in that in the series before he got hurt, he was looking like the best player on the Rockets, mm-hmm. you know. And then even with OKC, and then went to the Phoenix. But I just think, yeah, that that's why I think Phoenix is taking a step back this year, um, in my opinion. It is a small sample size. I do think they're going to make the playoffs. But it will not shock me if they are fighting for a play-in because um, I don't see them higher than the sixth seed personally because of it's going to be a lot more on Booker's plate. Um, he's definitely a scorer, but can he elevate his team? And so, again, like I mentioned earlier, not everyone can do that, right? Um, yes. Some people guess, oh, I can get my bucket, I can get mine, but they can't elevate everyone around them, which is hard to do. That's why, even though as great as Bradley Bill is, it's been like, I, I like what I've been seeing from him this year. So we'll see what the Wizards do, but it's been hard for him. He's been balling, but his team's still been, you know, coming up short. So I'm curious to see if Booker can now take more of that, that leader role and take more of the, of the low. I mean, it's not like they don't have talent. They have Aiden too, even though Aiden probably don't want to be there. Um, <laughs> you got Aiden, you got Bridges, right. They got, they got some people there that, that they can, you know, lean on to for leadership and and for the points. I'm curious to see what happens. But as far as um, he's for sure taking a step back, he's 37 years old. He's also really about 5'11". I know they have him like at 6'1". You know, and just think about all the the falls, all all the times he's gone against seven-footers, right? Even him, you know, playing defense against – it'd be crazy. You see him playing defense against Kevin Durant, Paul George, like whoever needs to be defended, he would take on that challenge being that small. So, you know, it's one of those things, man, where he's a, he's a great player. But, um, yeah, like th- there's a reason why they won when when he went on the bench. It, it just is what it is. But with that being said, I do think he will play, regardless how he plays this season, he will play his best in the playoffs. For sure, or the playing, whatever they're in, he will come and deliver. Is I don't know if anyone else will, but I, I believe he will. He will do his his best to to put the team, maybe not on his back like he used to, but he'll 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 try to you know ha- have a little small piggyback ride, I guess, for a little bit. His back goes out. No, I feel that. I feel that.
2: It's common knowledge that people are expecting them to tank. They're expecting all of these teams that. Traded their stars, or that you know are in bad situations to tank for um Wimbanyana and Scoot and all these guys. But the thing with Utah is with Danny Ainge at the helmet GM, um, they have a lot of picks, they've traded for a lot of picks, picks that I can't even get into right now. I will probably clarify this, um, in a later podcast, but they may not necessarily have to tank to to even be in play for these guys with the amount of picks that they acquired in the both the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert trades. So I uh, just want to acknowledge the Utah Jazz's play so far and Laurie Markinen, who came over from Cleveland, who would started with the Bulls. Um he's looked great. First game against Denver in a win. 17 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, one turnover. That's in thirty three minutes of play. And and another win against um, Minnesota, defeating Rudy Gobert, Cat and them boys, he had 24 points, 13 in, overtime. Rebounds in overtime, 24 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, a block and only one turnover, and a, and a nasty poster on Rudy. So um, that's, that's, I just want to acknowledge Utah and Laurie specifically, and I got Laurie on my fantasy team, so I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> you about that, though. I I would be highly upset if I was like the GM from Minnesota. I give up the farm just for you to beat me with with, with leftovers.
0: Right, with I'd the leftovers. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson
2: dropped twenty nine in that game. Yeah, we know. We know he's a microwave. Yeah, He's a early old
0: Nick had twenty one, like you mentioned. Laurie marketing had twenty four and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mike Conley had 12 points, 11 assists. It, one thing's for sure, when I look at the box score for both their games, uh, so let's go to the first game of the season versus the Nuggets. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in double digits in that yep. Nuggets game. Mm-hmm. Colin Sexton led the team with 20 points. Then you look at the Timberwolves game. M- mind you, of course, it went into overtime, but you have one, two, three, four, five, six players in double digits. So if you can continuously have six to seven players who who can get you ten plus points, that that speaks to the team play, in my opinion. Because that means everybody's getting their looks. Is is it leads to uh more unselfish basketball. And mind you, while we know that this is technically like, yeah, jazz are tanking, I look at Ainge and his resume. It's been a long time, if I remember correctly, since he's ever tanked. You look at the, especially since when you look at post-2008, since um that is the coattails that a lot of uh Celtics fans and Doc Rivers fans like to hang on to. But you look at the teams that Danny Ainge has been in charge of since 2008, we've never really done a full reset, no matter what moves right. were made. Now, right. mind you, we also never got rid of the farm. I I guess you could say the farm was when we traded our aging big three. Well, traded our aging KG and Paul Pierce to um, fucking uh, Brooklyn. (laughs) But we've never, you know, been like, hey, yo, Jason Tatum, you out of here. Jalen Brown, you out of here. Because those picks are what led to that. This team is competing. This team also has some youth on it. Are we going to be surprised if the Jazz end up being a competitive back end play-in type team? Is are we gonna be surprised if if Ainge is able to put that off with the
1: Jazz? Yeah, I don't I don't see that.
2: I'll I'd see still that. be surprised if that happened. Um I don't see them being um a uh, end playoff playoff team. I guess I'd have to double look at how things are lined up, but I honestly don't see them being a... uh and playoff team playoff team and i guess i guess a lot of teams are tanking this year um both openly and discreet <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how the standards do play out but um it's early let's just say it's early right now and though they've traded their star players their star core um they're still they still got a lot of good players and these guys are not just going to go out there and tank like they 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 don't have an investment in, in this team besides going out and playing basketball. And they just so happen to be winning. And I think mm-hmm. that's all it is right now. Pretty much. um
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think they have. I think like you say, Jabari, they have, you know, these dudes have pride and this is their jobs. Right. They don't want to get embarrassed. They want to go out there and compete on top of that. They thinking about, OK, we're showcasing, you know, our talents for the next team right mm-hmm. um, if they're free agents or if maybe they do get traded right a, a contender wants to trade for them so they want to go out there and and really showcase themselves but no I don't think that uh I don't think they're going to be in the play-in you know they might be like I don't know I'll say like the 12th seed or something 11 12th seed um but I want to say real quick too it's 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 a talent what you do a how you just fit in the Celtics on top of that Take a shot at the nets at the same time. You think I don't hear those things, but I do. Jabari, I don't know if you know, he be just, he be he be jabbing you, bro. He be jabbing. I don't even, you. know, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking
2: about. It's no secret. There's a hell of a lot of Laker fans. The Lakers have started off zero and two. Um, these episodes drop on Tuesdays, but we record on Sundays. And right now, as we speak, the Lakers are playing the Portland Trailblazers. They had a a decent lead on them in the fourth quarter. Right now, um right now it's a tie game. It's a one or four, one or four. And we got to that point because Portland was down I want to say Portland was down two. Dame just hit a, a deep three to put them up one. Um I don't know what's going on here. They're challenging. Lakers just goals. tied it. Yeah, the Lakers just tied it. Lakers just tied it on a LeBron dunk. And the uh, Blazers took a sixty second timeout. So we're at one oh four and one oh four with second seven seconds left in regulation. We're gonna take a, a look at that to see if the the Lakers go down to zero and three to start the season. And also that would put um I put Portland at a uh three and oh start because they beat Phoenix and Sacramento in their first two games. So we're, we're definitely up
0: already to up there. to forty one points.
2: Dame, yeah, Dame, Lakers are
1: cheeks. Lakers are cheeks. That's, that's Dame something
2: thinking. else. And and like Sean said, the Lakers definitely are cheeks right now. So we'll, we'll we'll update you with that in a in a few. Um,
1: yeah, but one. but I since I don't want to talk about that that team that's not very good right now, because everyone else knows <clears> about them. I do want to talk about something I am excited about though. And that's um was it the Nets and Bucks. Um they play Wednesday. Yeah. They play Wednesday, and I'm excited about that one because it for two different reasons. For the Bucks because obviously they don't have uh, Middleton. So I want to see how, how they're going to react. Um, and I want to see, too, how Ben actually when it comes to uh, – because in the preseason, was it Ben? I think Ben, ben Simmons actually was locking down Giannis. Um, so I want to see how that's going to be. And I wanna see uh actually the Nets. I wanna see how they how they look. Um, because this is a good test for them. It's a very good test for them. Especially with I'll be honest, at least for me, I haven't been super impressed with the Nets yet. I mean it's still early. Um, so I think them basically what both teams um could go to the finals, right? Some people pick the Nets, some people pick the Bucks to go to the finals. So I think that would be exciting to see. Who uh who comes out on top on that one. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, actually, yeah, since since we're talking about it, let's give Jabari you and I, let's also give our games of the week that we're looking forward to. And and I'll uh, follow up Sean's with tonight, Tuesday night, the day you're listening to this, we have a prime time game on TNT of the Dallas Mavs. In New Orleans. Now, mind you, this is my game of the week so early in the week because the Pelicans have been looking good so far, right? Yeah. We have a healthy Zion, an efficient Zion playing with us. Brandon Ingram has not dropped the ball. CJ McCollum continues to. To provide in their first game, all three players scored 20 plus points. First game of the season. Eesh. And we all know what the Mavs will give because of Luca. We all know Luca is Luca Magic, whatever you want to call Luca. Luca's going to do his thing. But this Pelicans team, the thing that I liked about them is that towards the end of last season, after the CJ McCollum trade, this team continued to fight they were scrappy. They didn't give up. We Brandon Ingram ain't no punk. We know that for a fact. He ain't no punk. <laughs> he going continue giving these giving you these buckets. And for them to start the season the way they have and still show like, "Yo, this team they're scrappy, they're young, but they have so much potential. And they're exciting to watch." Of course, I'm looking forward to that game um on on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to that game for sure. Uh hopefully you know, we'll see. They might be uh, 3-0 and because they do play the Jazz Sunday night at the time of this recording. So, you know, on Tuesday, it'll either be 3-0 and or 2-1. and But definitely that Mavs-Pelicans game is my game of the week. I'm looking at it because I want to see how these, these young cats continue to thrive, especially on primetime. Especially on primetime. But I also want to see how Dallas responds to all the talent and the youth there. Um, you know, the Mavericks themselves have changed up their roster a little bit. They got rid of some familiar faces, and they continue to uh, kind of just do their thing. But that's my game of the week. Barry. what about you? So I'm also going with a, a Pelicans team.
2: And that team, I'm sorry, that Pelicans game. And that game would be against Sean's Clippers. Um, oh, that- real quick.
0: Mm-hmm. The Lakers lost.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. The Lakers lost. Jeremy Grant bullied AD and LeBron. Final seconds. <laughs> um, we'll talk about Jeremy Grant probably next episode because he's definitely a new acquisition from Portland and he's had an interesting start with them. But Portland three and Portland 3 0, Lakers 0 3.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You got the you got the trail, you got the 76ers who are 0 3. ha. You got the Magic, who are 0-3. Y'all scrap, you know. Shout out to Paolo. And and now we got the Lakers 0-3. Oh, my goodness. You guys are officially the 14th, 15th seed. Um, All the (laughs) Lakers fans at this moment, that's where you guys currently rank. You guys are at the bottom. You guys are a lottery team if the season were to end today. Can you imagine?
2: All right, let's not dig it too in too early, but. Basically I wanna I wanna just say my, my pick of a game to watch this week would be the Pelicans Clippers on Sunday. Um both teams are gonna be rested. I wanna say the Clippers are gonna be coming off of three days rest and two for the Pelicans. So we should expect to see Kawhi, um, John Wall, Zion, all these guys that, you know, have been out last year should be playing against each other. Um it's interesting to see these matchups. Um you got Zubac, you got you got J V, Jonas Valentunas, you got Like I said, Zion, who's going to be guarding him primarily, you would assume. um, Honestly, I have no idea. But you know, just to see how Ingram performs against you know the the Clippers defenders who have length, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game, and I think it's going to be definitely a a well coached Willie Green versus Tyloo game. Just to see, you know, potentially maybe a potential series going down the line. I don't know, but. I'm just I'm looking forward to that game. Um,
1: well, I, I have a confession. My confession mm-hmm. is I don't want to see the Pelicans in the playoffs. They scare me to death. They scare because of their athleticism, um, because They're of their
2: funny team, their youth. Yep.
1: Yeah, like it's it's not a good match. Another reason why too, I'm not big on Memphis scares me, but not as much as the Pelicans, um, especially with you know having um cj now having well ingram's been there but cj zion being healthy um they just cause a lot of problems um as we saw too right in the play and even though um paul george didn't play in that game like we were still competitive but also you could say zion didn't play right so Mm -hmm. um so yeah i definitely think they're going to be a a real contender like if we can pretty much face anyone besides them. I know that sounds crazy. Like, well, you would rather face the Warriors? Yes, I would rather face the Warriors. But just because matchups, right, as we know in the playoffs, it's always about matchups, not necessarily the talent. So, yeah, I'm curious too because I want to see what Lou's going to do. Obviously, I know he's not going to show everything because it's super early and there's no need to. But I'm just curious to see um, basically if there's anything that we can kind of expose that we can – uh used down the line, you know. And, I and then everyone the else should be fun too.
0: Yeah, because Ingram is shooting 54% on the season so far. You know, um again, again, everybody we say that it's only two to three games. Mind you, very small sample size. We're not here overreacting, to say, oh my God, the Pelicans are going to the postseason. They're about to run to everybody's cable. We're that. not saying that.
2: They could say we're overreacting, but after they came to Brooklyn and stomped my nets, Kevin Durant said Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Kevin Durant said Brandon Ingram, quote, is one of the most impressive players I've seen in a long time. So yeah. that's other yeah. and Kevin Durant is one of the most impressive players I've seen in a long time. So that's that's yeah. high praise. And I'd take his word over probably anyone's. So yeah. you No, know, honestly. Honestly.
0: So um yeah, so that wraps up our games of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Just to recap. Uh, we have the, uh, Sean, can you give us your game again? The game that you're looking Uh, forward to?
1: Bucks and nets, just because that could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals. And
0: what day is that this week?
1: Uh, that's Wednesday, so that should be tomorrow. Wednesday.
0: Okay, so Wednesday's game. Tomorrow's, Tomorrow's nighttime game. Sean Lowry recommends, um... I just forgot what team you said. I'm not even going to lie to you.
1: Bucks, man. Bucks and Nets.
0: Bucks and Nets. Bucks and Nets. Oh, that's why I forgot it. Okay. All right. I realized it. Uh, <laughs> my game of the week is tonight. That is Pelicans uh, welcoming in the Mavericks. And then Jabari's game of the week. Please repeat and tell us what day. The game
2: of the week is uh, Pelicans versus Clippers. And that should be
0: Sunday, Sunday evening. Okay, so you have a Tuesday game, a Wednesday game, and a Sunday game. Uh, And we have a plethora of games out there. So by all means, keep an eye on those three games. We will be reacting to them um, on the next episode. Probably not the Sunday game, depending on time of recording. Um, uh, Jabari's game we might not be able to react to, but we'll definitely be able to talk about uh, both my game and Sean's game on the next episode. Real quick, hey,
1: real quick. Yes. I, I just to get in, we could we could dive into it the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um I was curious because I know you mentioned the Mavs. Is mm-hmm. he your early prediction for MVP?
0: My MVP favorite is actually Jason Tatum. But I, I do believe Yeah, but I but yeah. I do believe Luca is in that top three. She could be in that top three conversation by the end of the season. Saying, guys, these are just,
2: optics, these right? are just our two early MVP favorites. So Abe yeah. And, Tatum. It's Tatum. and what, it's Tatum. And what about you, Sean?
1: Um, I mean, Miles isn't as biased as that man, but, uh, <laughs> That's is, uh, and this is beforehand. Well, I guess you might think he's biased, but it's not, uh, John Morant, John Morant. Uh, oh, he, there's
0: bias in there. You've been calling this man yourself for like ever since he came into the uh, league. No, this man. bias. Hold on. This How man. am I being, nah, nah, no. this man just picked a biased ass pick.
2: All right. Honestly. All right. Listen, well, that actually was going to be my pick, but luckily I have a backup pick. <laughs> um so well basically I'm co-signing Sean's um I think that's a great pick and I I definitely I like um Abe's pick too I just think he's oh, biased Oh that's what
0: I thought that's what I thought I just think okay. he's
2: biased but I'm I'm a big fan of Jason Tatum and he started out hot oh, So cool. my backup pick is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo um yeah. nobody on yeah. his team can produce the way he does he has no competition as mm-hmm. far as what he can do and what he can accomplish um the game comes easy to him because his game he simplified it to just doing what he's comfortable with and he's improved um his shots improved pretty much every year we can't really call it this year cuz it's too early but that's my backup pick but i definitely like the job pick and i like the uh the Tatum pick and my bias pick is Kyrie just coming out of nowhere and just turning back into just old Kyrie.
0: Not KD? I would have picked KD over Kyrie. Kyrie got a lot more to prove. He, he, he's he it's he's a contract um, year, right? It's a contract year for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. I don't
2: know, that's my hope. That's my hope, but I'm definitely liking the the picks that we have.
1: So there's yeah. a lot
2: of teams that that have the uh the players that have the capability of just going off in a playoff series. Um like I said, we spoke about the Clippers. You got Kawhi, you got Paul George, you got um with my team, you have um KD, you got Kyrie with your team, you got Tatum, JB. Um it's definitely a dangerous thing with these duos, with you know, a couple people can do it in Golden State. Uh, it, this The NBA is just it's just fully loaded, um, but, and there's a lot to look forward to this year, in my opinion.
1: But that's why even though I say John Morant, I think who will probably end up getting it and who the NBA wants to get the MVP is Luka. That's my personal opinion. I think they uh, want Luka to get it.
2: I agree. For some reasons that I would even want to talk about, but I agree. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I mean, and and he doesn't obviously he doesn't have. I know they got Woods, but Woods doesn't move me. Um, he doesn't really have no established another star with him. Um, so if he gets them, you know, top four puts crazy numbers up. Um, I think because I I think too is gonna be fatigue when it comes to Giannis. Joe Kick's not winning it again. So I can see it where they they push for Luca again. I hope I'm wrong and it's John Morant, but that's that's what I'm thinking.
2: If Luca earns it, let him get it. But oh yeah, yeah, of course. But you know, other than that, like I I like the picks that we got. Um, and de- I definitely can see a Luca argument. He's he's on a team where no one can put up, um, the amount of production that he can. So I I can see the argument, but he got to put that work in. We we don't want to give away MVPs anymore yeah (laughs) yeah that's why steve nash is my coach
0: i'm screaming you see lakers fans we don't bash you we do believe that kobe deserved those uh MVP awards you see (laughs) that being said ladies and gentlemen thank you for another all new episode of full court press i can guarantee you this i will put my stake on this i do pledge to make sure that this show is consistent um you will constantly get an episode from us every week barring you know any scheduling conflicts or holidays you know or life events but thank you for rocking with us thank you sean thank you bari for pulling up for um, for just showing out and for your knowledge i'm excited for this nba season opening week has been fantastic um week two promises to even be better this is a season that everybody should be tapped into there's a lot a lot a lot of good to come out of it um probably next episode or um before before thanksgiving for sure we'll probably get into um drop an episode exclusively just dedicated on the rookies um i think that would be really fun uh, especially when we talk about Rookie Gear, Year because I want to give them the flowers that they deserve. So I don't want to just dedicate like 20 minutes or a second to them. I would like to dedicate a whole episode um, to them in the future, whether that's a bonus episode that we drop or whatnot, uh, we'll discuss as a team. And we definitely have some contributors that we can get involved with that. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, happy Tuesday. Uh, make sure you watch that Mavs Pelicans game tonight on TNT. Make sure you watch Sean's suggested game of Bucks versus Nets tomorrow. Uh, Most likely, that's another primetime game. And definitely, definitely check out um, the Clippers uh, Pelicans Pelicans game. Yeah, I forgot about the Pelicans game. Check out the Clippers Pelicans game this coming Sunday. Thank you again. Have a wonderful evening.